Hey, if you, uh, if you just graduated, and I'm talking primarily to our high school graduates here, um, if you've graduated, you're now 18, you have finished 12 years of school, you finished four years of high school, you are old enough now uh, to have had some embarrassing moments. And uh, actually, one of my lifetime most embarrassing moments came at my high school graduation, at the, at the ceremony. And uh, I found myself at my high school graduate. I graduated in Oklahoma. I gra- it, wasn't, it wasn't Allen High School. It wasn't 1,500 students, Hannah Holtz. Top 10% Allen High School. Wow. Uh, so I graduated with just about 550, but for some strange reason, I found myself on the stage at graduation in front of 10,000 people. Uh, not because, hear me clearly, not because I was a valedictorian candidate, okay, but because I was wildly popular and was the senior class treasurer. So uh, didn't have the brains, but was wildly popular and good looking, and so I was nominated, you know, to be a student class officer. So I'm up on the stage with all the principals, the school board, and the valedictorian candidates, the top 10%, were up there on the stage. And uh, it was one of the most embarrassing moments in my life because in my high school program, the graduation program, you know, they have your name and then they have little asterisks after your name. Do they still do this or is this wildly unfair? Uh, but little asterisks, hey, this is National Honor Society person. This is a National Merit semifinalist. This is a valedictorian candidate. So some of those people had three widgets or whatever after their name, and I had Ross Allen Beebe. And so my high school, you know, they're, they're calling out all 500 names, and they start with everyone on stage. So here I am, and they start calling out the first 10, 12 names, and it sounds like this. It sounds like this. Brent Carricker, National Honor Society, National Merit Semifinalist. Matt Crook, National Merit Semifinalist. Uh, Sarah Barker, Valedictorian candidate, National Merit Society, uh, Megan Ben, National Honor Society, Ross Beebe, Matt Crook, National Honor Society. <laughs> and it was the eternal pause as I grabbed that diploma and scurried off stage and thought to myself, you should have worked a little harder. It's a true story but wildly popular. Uh, As you walked across that stage yesterday, Friday, whenever it was, as you walked across that stage, you became one of the most, more educated than 75% of the world. You have a high school diploma. Some of you, you've graduated with incredible honors. You are smart, much smarter than your pastor, many of you smarter than your parents. Maybe not. Uh, here's, what, here's what I want you to hear this morning, though. You, are, you have degrees. You have more education than 75% of the world. You will go on, many of you, get your college degree. Some of you will graduate with your master's, go on to pursue your Ph.D., whatever. We value education. We value knowledge. We, uh, we value degrees. Let me tell you one thing that you should value more than knowledge and education, and that is what the Bible would say is wisdom. Because of the truth of the matter is we can walk across the stage, we can 
get a bachelor's degree, get a master's degree. We can accrue knowledge. We can accrue, accrue intellectual uh, bravada, so to speak. We can get the accolades of others. But the Bible would say, as good as knowledge is, as good as educational pursuits are, the Bible would say, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. In fact, in Proverbs 8, 11, the Bible says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto her. The world will tell us to pursue knowledge, to pursue rubies, to pursue money, to pursue a name for yourself, to make your name great, and all that's fine. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with achievement. But the Bible would say if rubies and knowledge and degrees get in the way of pursuing wisdom, think again. Think again. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto her. Calvin Coolidge said this. Calvin Coolidge said, the world is full of educated derelicts. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. We don't just need knowledge, but we need wisdom. And as one pastor by the name of Chuck Swindoll has said, wisdom is skillful living. If, if knowledge is about facts and, and data, wisdom is about taking that knowledge, about taking that facts and applying it in the right situation, right? And wisdom is not something that you get downloaded. It's not something that just comes to your phone or you get in an instantaneous fashion. But wisdom is something that you grow in with, with time and through trial and through other people. So very quickly here, let me just say three things, okay? Wisdom, man, I don't have time to say this. So let me just, let me just, let me just take you to Colossians chapter 2, okay? Or Colossians, yeah, Colossians 2, 2. Listen, listen here to what Paul says about wisdom. He's praying for this church, and he says he wants their hearts to be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all, to reach all the riches of full, of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. As Paul wrote to this church, he says, knowledge is good and knowledge is found in Christ, but wisdom is is also found in Christ. Guess what? Most of you are getting ready to go to universities and the idea that Jesus, the Son of God, is wisdom incarnate will be looked at not as wisdom but as foolishness. Get ready. Uh, verse 6 of Colossians chapter 2 says, But you, as you receive Jesus Christ, continue to live in him being rooted and, and grounded in the faith that you've been taught. You're going to go out in the world. We're launching you out in the world, and the Bible says that Jesus is wisdom incarnate. And when you get to uh, philosophy 101 or psychology 101 or, or whatever it is, the idea of Jesus being the wisdom of God, the word of God, is going to be laughed at. I hope you already know that. But to attain wisdom, the Bible would say we pursue, we seek wisdom through the Son of God. It also says that if we want to grow in wisdom, that we have to be people of the Word of God. 
The Word of God. So 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. If you want to grow in wisdom, students and parents and current students, graduates, if we want to grow in wisdom, we have to be a people of this book. Because the Bible claims itself, and Jesus claimed that the Word of God is where we find wisdom. For teaching, it tells us what to do. For reproof, it tells us where we're wrong. It corrects us. It tells us how to get right, how to get right in. And it trains us to live a life of integrity, to live a life that matters eternally. So if you want wisdom, you've got to pursue the Son of God that the world says is foolish. You've got to pursue the Word of God that the world also says is man-made or foolish. But we... Believe that this is the very word of God. You're going to go to your first semester of college. Maybe you do summer school. And you guess what? You, they are going to make you buy lots of books. And do you know, just pet peeve, you know, books in college are the biggest ripoff. You know that? I mean, they make you buy all these books. And I mean, when I was in college, they were 100 bucks. I can't imagine what they are now. And, you know, they make you buy it. They don't use the same books year after year. They keep changing them, right? So you always have to buy the books. And guess what? The science books get updated. The management books, there's new management theories. They all get updated. And you, they're going to make you buy all these expensive books. And let me tell you something. This book right here is the book that you need beyond any other book because it doesn't change. It doesn't fade with time. It's been... It's, it's survived culture after culture and popular idea after popular philosophy, whatever the, the you know, kind of prevailing winds say, this book has stood the test of time. This is, we need to be a people of this book. Um, one final way how you gain and grow in wisdom, okay, not just for students but for all of us, is that you surround yourself with the people of God. You pursue the Son of God, you be a person of the Word of God, and you pursue the people of God. And here's where I want to tell you, you know, it was amazing. I went off to college and I came back four years later and I realized that my parents had gotten a lot smarter while I was away at college. It was amazing how much wiser they had become. I'm being facetious, right? You know, you may think the mom and dad sitting next to you right now, I mean, they're, they're okay, but they really, you know, they don't really know too much about the world. They're kind of, the Bible would say that we need the people of God, particularly older people to show us where we're just being silly and ignorant. And I want to encourage you, you're getting ready to go to university and you're going to be primarily surrounded with 19 to 23 year olds. And I want to say a wise thing to do is not only to be involved in your college ministry, whether it's Campus Crusade or Navigators or whatever, I want to encourage you, as I talked about earlier, to get involved in a church where you can sit next to some 40-year-olds, some 50-year-olds, some 60-year-olds. They might even have you over for dinner and give you a good meal. <laughs> I just want to be selfish about it. But you don't need just a fraternity class, just a sorority class. You need people of God older and wiser than you to help you, quite frankly, escape your foolishness. 
There's a lot of foolishness in college. It's also a great time. It's awesome. Uh, but man, I encourage you, don't just get involved with a bunch of 20-somethings. Try to find a mentor. Get a job where you can rub elbows with older people that hopefully they walk with Jesus that can help you not just spend four years filling the file drawer, getting some facts, but growing as a person of wisdom. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto her. Congratulations. We love you. We're proud of you. But seek Christ and grow in wisdom. Amen. I want to end by praying again for these graduates. And I want to have you guys stand where you are. Just stand right where you are, our graduates. And uh, we're going to put a verse up on the screen. Uh, go ahead. Don't, don't be shy. Even if you're embarrassed by that T-shirt you have on. Just kidding. <laughs> There's one wise guy among us. Sorry. just That was inappropriate. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, we're, I want to pray for you and at the end of my prayer I'm going to ask your parents and everyone around you we're going to end by praying Paul's prayer here for these students and, and as we do this uh, we'll just close our eyes right now and I want to just want to ask you to hold your hand just direct your hand towards some of these students raise a hand and direct it towards them as we pray once again for these students okay join me in prayer Father God, we thank you for them. We ask your protection upon them. We pray for wisdom in their life. We pray right now that you're preparing mentors for them and churches for them and godly friends for them. And Lord, that they would walk in wisdom and they would walk in a way pleasing to you, Father. And I want to ask all of us now to pray these words of Paul together in unison for these students. We have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.